the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I never thought I'd be talking about this. But here we go. Menstruation. Not a problem that I've ever had to deal with, but uh, believe it or not, it has become a part of the election campaign. Democrats are saying that women's hygiene products are too expensive and they shouldn't be taxed. And somebody, I think it was Kamala Harris, said that when she's president, which she's never going to be, but she said when she is president, she'll see to it that they are tax-free. And I guess that's okay because there are other medical items that aren't taxed. That's not a problem. You know, Band-Aids, condoms, I think even sunscreen. Uh, not taxed. So it seems kind of unfair to tax women's hygiene products uh, if you're not going to tax those other things. So eliminate the tax. But here's the problem. There are actually people out there who are considered sane who don't think it's just a women's issue. NPR, that's National Public Radio, tweeted about the push to outlaw the so-called tampon tax across the U.S., uh, and uh, it said that the, the second sentence of the, the tweet, uh, well, the first sentence of the tweet goes like this. Uh, on average, um, on average, people who menstruate spend an estimated $150 million a year just on the sales tax for tampons and pads. That's what it said. People who menstruate. Not women. People. And that's right, because it's not just women who menstruate in 2019, it's people. And this is just one of many examples of the, I was going to say subtle, but it's not actually subtle at all, but it's an attempt to change the English language, destroy common sense when it comes to gender. And if, if you think I'm overreacting, there's this story from the Daily Wire. Always, a brand of menstrual products has been forced to scrub the woman symbol off their packaging in response to a coordinated effort by transgender activists to punish punish the brand for, quote-unquote, discrimination against trend, trend, uh, transgender individuals. Daily Mail reports that Procter & Gamble caved to a boycott campaign that began when transgender activists noticed that always placed the Venus symbol, a circle with uh, a plus sign or cross beneath it, universally recognizes the sign for the female gender, on the wrappers of some of its sanitary products. Somebody, some uh, uh, activist with a pseudonym Melly Bloom, Melly Boom, uh, had tweeted in July asking always why it was, quote, imperative to have the sign on their sanitary products. And the tweet said there are non-binary and trans folks who still need to use your products, too, you know. And then a high-profile transgender activist named Ben Saunders also pestered always in June after the release of a documentary about Saunders' transition from female to male. The Always Team, this is, this is how it's working, the Always Team replied directly to Saunders after making their decision, telling Saunders, quote, We are glad to inform you that as of December, we will use a wrapper design without the feminine symbol. And the brand's public relations team added that the change will come in late 2019 and that gender-neutral period products would hit stores in January of 2020. So just in case you didn't think it was insane out there, and this is, by the way, coming on the heels of the uh, announcement of National Period Day, a national, a nationwide push for menstrual equity, uh, the nonprofit organization Period, which organized 60 national rallies around the subject, wants Congress and state legislatures to start providing menstrual hygiene products uh, free of charge through Medicaid to state and federal employees. Residents of women's shelters, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know about that. That's a different issue. But people who menstruate, please. It's, it's just, 
it's just insane. It's I mean, and the thing is, it's it's this kind of again not so subtle stuff that is part of the effort to just absolutely change the human race in about a period of about it's been like seems like a couple of years that we've been dealing with this, and all of a sudden women don't menstruate, people do. Sick. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about a Pittsburgh loss that should make you happy, and it has nothing to do with sports. Stick around. Seventeen seventy six Freedom's Calling is hosting an evening with Dinesh D'Souza, best-selling author and documentary film producer, on Thursday, October twenty fourth. This event's new location is the Antonelli Event Center in North Huntington, PA. Seventeen seventy six Freedom's Calling is very honored to be the only committee in Pennsylvania collaborating with Dinesh D'Souza to inform the Commonwealth about the detrimental effects of socialism. Go to seventeen seventy six freedomscalling dot com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit the team at Calusi. They now have the new 2020 Chevy Equinox in stock. So with select bonus cash and price reductions below the MSRP, you could save over $4,200 on select Equinox models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-HUNT. Pittsburgh homeowners rate Pella number one as a leading window brand. Susan wrote, We are thrilled with our new Pella windows and door. The installation process was superior to any other work we've had done in the past. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Wow. Thank you, Susan. Low-pressure consultation plus expert installation. At Pella, it's just what we do. Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA, Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and the Prager Store has compiled Every male-female hour since 2010. We've had topics and calls about marriage, kids, dating, intimacy, fidelity, plus every segment with my friend and relationship expert, Alison Armstrong. These segments have literally saved marriages. For a limited time, the complete collection, 10 years of male-female hour, 50% off, available on flash drives or as a download, go to PragerStore.com. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today, but now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to staff fans everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right, buy one MyPillow and get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. That's 800-716-8087 or MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, Pittsburgh lost uh, over the weekend, and I'm kind of glad. We're not talking about the Steelers or the Penguins. I'm talking about the mayor and the city council. 
Alliance for Defending Freedom beat them on Friday. In court, it was uh, Bruni v. City of Pittsburgh. Kevin Terrio is an attorney with uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, and he joins us now. Kevin, thanks for being here. Well, it's really good to be on. Thanks for having me. So can you give us a quick uh, history on this case? Sure. Uh, This case originated when the city of Pittsburgh, at the urging of Planned Parenthood, shut down about 30 feet of sidewalk in front of uh, Planned Parenthood's abortion facility uh, there in Pittsburgh. And uh, we went, they did it with a very broad ordinance that um, was really unprecedented. We got half of that ordinance struck down about four or five years ago. And then um, after the Supreme Court uh, issued a couple more cases that were pro-free speech, we challenged the other half. And and now the court just held last Friday that um, the ordinance can't ban pro-life sidewalk counselors from the sidewalk in front of um, in front of Planned Parenthood. So that's great news. So uh, what exactly the ordinance uh, I, I it, it prohibited any kind of demonstration in front of a medical facility in the city. Uh, uh, tried to maybe didn't try, but uh, decided that um, just about anything quali- that they wanted to qualified as a medical facility. That's right, and and certainly that was done in order to dis- attempt to disguise their efforts to really target pro life speech. They weren't concerned about speech out in front of. Uh, dentist offices, but they made the ordinance broad enough to cover dentist offices as well as abortion facilities in order to make it look like they were really um, just regulating speech in front of medical facilities. When in fact, all the testimony, um, all of the uh, all of the uh, folks who were lobbying in favor of the bill um, were all um, folks that were advocating for abortion. So. Um was it was there an attempt to just get rid of the ordinance altogether? Um, there was, and, and and then the court initially ruled that the ordinance was okay, but it didn't apply to what they were trying to apply it to. Right, it's a little bit complex. Uh, I mean, the bottom line is speech can't be censored on public sidewalks, and the court said that uh, the way Pittsburgh was interpreting this ordinance to censor speech like what the sidewalk counselors are doing, where they're trying to uh, provide uh, options for women and make sure that in a peaceful way um, they have hope uh, when they have an unplanned pregnancy. They said that if you, if you ban that speech, that's a problem. But if you were just to ban demonstrating, picketing, and other types of forms of speech, well, that's different. Um, what you can't do is ban one-on-one um, interactions because the city had said, look, if you're walking down the street in front of Planned Parenthood and you're discussing how the Steelers are doing and what the yeah. latest uh, quarterback uh, is and yeah. who got hurt and who didn't, that's fine. And you could talk about the weather and that's fine. But if you were to talk about abortion and why that's problematic and how there are options other than it, then you can't do that. And, and the court said that is definitely unconstitutional and the city can't enforce the ordinance in that way. Well, uh, shouldn't a government declaring certain areas censorship zones, just the name of it, be a little bit of a problem for everybody? <laughs> it should be. Anybody who's interested in, uh, in really a free society, because speech is foundational uh, to a free society, anybody who wants freedom should be concerned about Pittsburgh shutting down parts of the sidewalk to speech. Because um, next week or next month, it could be someone who's in, uh, making sure that uh, animal rights are protected and getting shut down in front of a meat processing plant. So uh, so this applies to everybody who wants to make a statement, and, this, uh, and they should be um, lauding the Third Circuit's uh, decision that says, look, you can't shut down one-on-one speech like uh, the city of Pittsburgh's trying to do. But what about, uh, so if uh, they could uh, uh, prevent me or someone else from showing up down there with pictures of aborted fetuses uh, uh, near the near Planned Parenthood, could, is that does that apply here? Well, you know, it's, it's, that's an interesting question. Uh, they, they didn't really get into exactly, for instance, whether you could wear um, a T-shirt while you're doing sidewalk counseling that shows a picture of uh, an aborted baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and because if they did, uh, that would probably uh, be unconstitutional if, if, the, if the city of Pittsburgh were to ban that. So um, 
That's one of the problems with the court's order. It's a little unclear on those type of issues, and one of the reasons why we're considering actually appealing that narrow part of the order, um, because it makes it unclear exactly what demonstrating is, even though it's one thing that is for sure, it doesn't apply to one-on-one speech. Well, um, and we're talking to Kevin Terrio. He's an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, and these guys do this stuff for free. Uh, so if you'd like to contribute and help them out to Alliance Defending Freedom, the number is 800 654 3969 what happened uh there was a this i'm a little confused because i'm not an attorney uh but there was an appeal this was an appeal to an earlier ruling what was the difference this time i mean there was something that the supreme court ruled in 2014 that started this all off yes that's right so um, ADF, an ADF case, and one of the cases we funded involving Ms. McCullen in Massachusetts, um, where she was banned from um, even standing within 100 feet of the entrance to an abortion facility. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. This is clearly um, going way beyond what's, what cities can do and states can do when they're shutting down speech on a sidewalk. And because of that case, um, that made our argument that um, the rest of this ordinance in Pittsburgh that's been under litigation for almost 10 years now, the rest of the ordinance is problematic, and the Third Circuit agreed with us. Well, if I owned a, uh, if I had a lemonade stand downtown, um, I, cu- I couldn't tell somebody they couldn't stand within 100 feet of it if, if, if they were on public property, could I? No, you couldn't. Uh, and, and, and so what... And one of the important things to do to to keep in mind is um, even if you're trying to just you're not you're not censoring certain viewpoints or certain topics, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, The a a sidewalk is designed or or meant for um, the uh, advocacy and communication of ideas, and and it's been the Supreme Court has said that that's one of the places like parks and other places that are where speech is the most protected. And even a little burden on speech is problematic because um, that's where we uh, engage one another in a free democracy like we have. Yeah, we've had issues here in Pittsburgh with uh, demonstrations against the police uh, not that long ago where, where highways were blocked and traffic was stopped. And uh, right. the, the city just let it go on. They had where right. you would think they would have had the authority to move people if you're preventing traffic for people. To, speaking of health facilities, somebody was uh, getting ready to give birth. They were stuck in traffic because the the roads were blocked. Well, and and the and the city does. And what happens is um, that's that's the problem with starting to ban speech is that the city, even when you're violating the law, like blocking traffic our clients weren't doing any of that they were just staying on the sidewalk but even if you're in the street blocking traffic then the city gets in is in the business of determining which views are acceptable and which aren't and that is hugely problematic and the supreme court said just last year that um government officials can't do that uh and mayor bill peduto uh has been happy with this law and so what was the i mean the city uh you know, you guys won, but the city was making an argument. What was their argument? Well, the, the city's argument is, uh, man, because years ago we had some people that were violating the law by um, possibly doing some blocking or harassing, that they're justified in shutting down the whole sidewalk um, to speech, even for people like my clients who only engage in peaceful one-on-one conversations. And the in the in the in the Third Circuit said you just can't do that, especially since there hasn't been any problem even in the several years before the ordinance was enacted um, with that type of behavior. What the court said in that earlier case we were talking about in McCullen is, look, if there's a problem with people blocking the uh, blocking the sidewalk or blocking traffic or that kind of thing, then you enforce the laws that prohibit that kind of behavior. You don't shut down speech. Yeah, um, it's it's just. It occurs to me that it would be a problem to decide what's harassment and what's conversation. Um, if I'm if I'm a woman and I've decided that I would like to get an abortion, someone even discussing it with me on the way in, uh, I could call that harassment, couldn't I? Well, the the court 
made clear in this uh, ruling on Friday in the Bruni case that no, that's that's not harassment. That's protected speech, and the city can't can't censor that. So that, but but there's, I mean, it would seem to me that it would be kind of difficult to. At what point does conversation become harassment? Yeah, it is, and that's why the city shouldn't even get into it. Mm-hmm. If you're engaged in a in a in a conversation that is not blocking the sidewalk, is not doing anything that is blocking the entrance or anything like that, um, then the city has to let that go. It can't get into deciding um, what, what, based on the content of that conversation whether it's permissible or not. And how will this ruling affect similar laws around the country? And, uh, and what kind of, I guess, what kind of uh, uh, domino effect might this have? Well, that's a great question because um, there's an old Supreme Court case, the Hill case out of Colorado, um, that really kind of muddies the law. And so I think this case helps bring some clarity and encourages the Supreme Court to take this matter up again to clarify that, look, um, streets and sidewalks are meant for public discourse, and you can't ban speech on those, even if you're pretending that your motives are good. Um, That's a problem, and it should be unconstitutional because that's foundational to our free society. Does the fact that Planned Parenthood gets a lot of public funding have any bearing at all on any of this, about what you're allowed to protest and what you aren't? Well, it, it has some bearing because they use some of that funding to lobby for laws that restrict speech. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're getting, you know, millions of dollars a year and, uh, you know, half a billion dollars a year in government money from one form or another. And, and they use that money for political purposes. We're talking to Kevin Terrio. He's an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, I apologize if I'm springing this on you, but ADF has also been heavily involved in fighting against biological males uh, competing against women in sports. A transgender cyclist, uh, a man, made a mockery out of a race in the U.K. over the weekend, set a women's world record. What's, uh, where are we on that, and what's it going to take to put an end to this insanity? Because I, I, I just see it, as I say many times, it's a train coming down the track. I, I don't see how it's stopped. Yeah, well, it, this undermines equal opportunities for women. Um, the other civil rights that have been put in place to protect equal opportunities for women um, are in jeopardy when you allow men to compete as women. And, and we represent several um, young ladies uh, in, uh, in Connecticut. Um, who have worked hard for scholarships and are now competing against men and not able to, and, and, and they are getting, uh, they're shattering the records uh, in the state of Connecticut that were established by, um, uh, by girls. These boys are competing as girls are now breaking those, and it's affecting these girls' ability to get scholarships. Um, and so it's a real problem not only for women's athletics, but for women in general. If you redefine sex to mean gender identity, it creates unfair situations for women and girls. And it, it seems like it's taking a lot of women, uh, at least especially obviously on the left, a while to catch on to that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. Although we have some important allies that aren't necessarily um, conservative folks that, uh, that are pro-rights um, for women, um, who are very concerned about this, and uh, and 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 they've taken a stand and have suffered uh, the wrath of the of the left for that. But they're right uh, when you when you say that there's no difference between men and women. I think um, it demeans women and 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 it undermines uh, not only the way God created us, but um, certainly the the respect that we've had uh, for the differences between the sexes, even though they're equal. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with making sure that women are allowed to go into uh, have their own uh, changing rooms and, and places to shower instead of just allowing a man to go in there. Uh, Kevin, I'm out of time. I appreciate it as always. We love having you guys from Alliance Defending Freedom on. I'll give the number again later uh, where people can um, uh, 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 contribute. But thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Donald Trump says he still wants to get all U.S. troops out of Syria, but Israel and Jordan have asked him to keep some in Syria. We've been asked by Israel and Jordan to leave 
a small number of troops is a totally different section of Syria near Jordan and close to Israel. And that's a totally different section. That's a totally different mindset. President Trump says the U.S. fought with the Kurds but does not owe them protection. Nobody ever committed, gee, if you do this, we're going to do that, we're going to stay. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 57 points to close at 26,827. The Nasdaq rose 73. The S&P 500 up by 20 points. Oil down 47 cents. It closed at $53.31 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. One year ago, my book, Gold is a Better Way, became a national bestseller. It remains at the top of the charts today. Since that time, gold is up more than $300 per ounce. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I teach investors about gold. Now, you can buy my book or, even better, watch my latest video presentation right now for free. It's called The Great Devaluation. It was seen live by thousands at my annual gold summit and explains how central banks have lost control, why stocks and bonds are set to collapse, and why gold will soar to $5,000 per ounce in the next few years. People are calling it the best presentation on gold they've ever seen. Just text the word GOLD to 49776. I'll send it to you right now, no questions asked. Text the word GOLD to 49776. Text the word GOLD to 49776. We promise to add massive value before ever asking for your business. Text the word GOLD to 49776. Jay Sekulow explains what the Democrats are doing. This is a charade taking place in the House of Representatives. This is Adam Schiff and his colleagues trying to weaponize the execution of the United States Constitution. And I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever your party affiliation might be. Let me tell you what you don't do. Don't trample on the U.S. Constitution. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The Answer. 1776 Freedom's Calling is hosting an evening with Dinesh D'Souza, best-selling author and documentary film producer, on Thursday, October 24th. This event's new location is the Antonelli Event Center in North Huntington, PA. 1776 Freedom's Calling is very honored to be the only committee in Pennsylvania collaborating with Dinesh D'Souza to inform the Commonwealth about the detrimental effects of socialism. Go to 1776freedomscalling.com. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Hi, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet, and it is officially Chevy Truck Month. Calusi has a huge selection of Silverados in stock, and right now you can qualify for over $9,500 off the MSRP on select models of the new 2019 Silverado All-Star. Plus, only during Truck Month, there's no monthly payments for 90 days for well-qualified buyers and when you finance with GM Financial. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Starting out with a look at Parkway West, seeing some delays from Montour Run Road down to 60. Some of that left over from an earlier crash, some delays, and also inbound from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound, you're jammed up Parkway East, Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. South on 79, really tied up there. Heavy volume from Route 50 down to South Point Boulevard. Got some delays outbound 51, Midwood Avenue to Library Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. After a nice evening, it'll turn cloudy tonight. Rain will start toward daybreak, but we'll be 57. We'll see rain at times uh, through tomorrow morning and early afternoon. Lingering clouds the rest of the day with the high 62.
We'll see clearing tomorrow night. It'll be chillier with a low of 44. Then Wednesday will be breezy and a little cooler, mainly sunny, though. I will be near 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, Chicago is uh, one of my favorite cities to visit. I sure wouldn't want to live there for a lot of reasons that I could spend about 10 minutes talking about. But uh, I wouldn't want to see my kids, uh, anybody, any kids I know, uh, stuck in the Chicago schools because they stink. Uh, and the teachers are on strike now, which is something they seem to do like clockwork. Today was day three of this version of the Chicago teacher strike. Tim Benson is a policy analyst at the Heartland Institute, and he joins us now. Tim, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So what do the teachers want this time, other than, I mean, the obvious stuff? They want more money, I'm sure. <laughs> well, obviously, of course. Uh, it's more of uh, what don't they want uh, this time around. Uh, they want uh, higher salaries. Uh, they want to uh, lower, the, lower the amount of money they uh, have to spend on their health care costs. Uh, they want lower class sizes. They want the building of 55 additional schools, even though, uh, the attendance rate of CPS has been dropping over the last decade. Uh, they want uh, thousands of additional support staff um, hired on, nurses and that sort of thing, librarians, all that stuff. And then they also want affordable housing uh, built uh, for their um, members and for students at Chicago public schools. Well, that would so. see uh, saying that they want affordable housing uh, built for their, the peop- their students that would seem to be something that might be a little bit outside of their boundaries, a little bit. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, when, did, when did teachers, you know, uh, when did they start uh, getting involved in that? What about, uh, how about nicer just, cars for all the kids? Sure, right. Now, yeah, they're just, this is a big push for them this year. They're, um, they threatened to strike a couple of years ago. They did strike in 2012. Um, this, they've noticed what's going on around the country in West Virginia, Washington, uh, a few other places with teacher strikes. And they think that the, uh, the, the, this is the right moment for them to ask for basically everything in the kitchen sink. Um, so they're just pushing it all out there, and they're just going to see what they can get back from, uh, from the Chicago public schools. And they're, they're, already, um, they're already making like a... Uh, well, I guess the, this this deal that they want would make have them averaging uh, right around a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Just about, yeah. So um, a couple months off of the summer, right now, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the median teacher salary right now in Chicago is about seventy five thousand dollars. So basically, something like sixty percent of college educated Chicago workers earn less uh, than that. Uh, in Chicago, um, if you're okay, say you were a teacher, um, you're a Chicago teacher, you were hired in 2009, so a decade ago. So you're hired a decade ago, your salary was, uh, about $56,500. Over the course of the decade, um, with step increases and, you know, pay increases based on seniority, your salary has risen from $56,000 to a little over $102,000. So your salary has gone up 81% in a decade, and, uh, they're still crying. <laughs> still crying poverty. So <laughs> there's not a lot of places where you can expect an 81 percent raise in 10 years. <laughs> no, no. Most places it's, it's about uh, you know 10 to 12 percent. Yeah. Well, the Heartland the, the Heartland time, Institute so. has come up with something called strike vouchers. How would that apply here? And you, you, uh, you, uh, I understand you offered that solution a while back, and of course they they ignored it. Yeah, uh, we came up with that uh, about four years ago when the last uh, strike, or about three years ago, excuse me, when the last strike was, or when uh, the teachers were um, talking about going on strike again. So basically how it works is since teachers go on strike, these kids have nowhere to go. The, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids are just, you know, parents don't have anywhere to go. They either have to stay home from work or, you know, find some sort of alternative to, um you know, where the, uh, you know, for the, all the time that they're in school. So basically, uh, the walkout occurs, a strike voucher would give any students currently enrolled in one of the public schools uh, access to a safe place where the learning could continue. So basically in Chicago, we came up about $50 a day for each strike displaced student uh, to go to any charter, private, uh, parochial school in the district with the room to you know, take them in for the day 
this could work for other school, non-school institutions, uh, you know, libraries, museums, boys and girls clubs, YMCA's, that sort of thing. A uh, few museums did this <clears throat> in the last strike in 2012, but you know, the parents had to pay for it. This would give parents the opportunity to be able to send their kids there um, for free. <clears throat> and also, it would harm uh, or work against the threat of more strikes. So if a if a strike lasts 10 school days, right now Chicago is at three school days, under this plan, 10 school days, uh, that that strike voucher would shift into a student opportunity scholarship, is what we call it. It's basically an education savings account um, so that if the parents, if their kids are out of school for 10 days during a strike, the parents could um, opt into this SOS account and then um, their child would stay in that school that's taking them in, like I said, a charter, private, parochial, whatever, uh, and the student could, their child could stay at that school uh, for the rest of the year and on. And uh, that money would be taken out of the uh, uh, the back pay teachers normally get uh, when they go on strike. So they don't get paid when they're on strike, but what they do when they um, negotiate, uh, you know, collective bargaining agreement is they get that back pay put back in. <laughs> so-, so they really don't lose any money. Uh, so if you go on so strike for ten days, you get you you get ten days pay back, right? Uh, when yeah. you come back, normally, normally, normally they build that into the to, to the next contract. Yeah, so. right. So the yeah. the strike is only costing the city and not the not the actual strikers anything. Um, but right. uh, right. everything you described there is not something that teachers like. Uh, school choice, uh, charter schools, they don't. I think one of the demands I saw was that there would be no more charter schools. Why are they so uh, opposed to charter schools? Uh, well, mostly because charters do their jobs. Uh, charter schools are uh, do a better job educating their charges than the public schools do. I mean, Chicago really already has a moratorium on new charters in the city. Uh, this would just extend it uh, even longer. So they already, there's already 120, I think 121 charter schools in Chicago right now. They serve about 57,000 students. 98% of those students uh, identify as you know, students of color. Um, 88% of those students are you know, low-income students that receive free or reduced-price lunch. Um, they all, that, that, those are both higher than the Chicago public school average. Uh, Chicago charters also on a little higher percentage of special needs students. And then, of course, the charter schools, the, the kids there, um, you know, show higher attainment uh, in college and university enrollment rates. Um, they have higher te- standardized test scores. Uh, they complete more college coursework. Um, they also attend school more often. Yeah. <laughs> and they're more engaged. And so, yeah, I mean, they just, um, and they do it for less money than the uh, Chicago public schools do, so. Yeah, that's the other reason. I had a, they just don't want any sort of competition, that's all. Right. I had somebody on the show, I can't remember uh, who it was, we, but they it was a, we had a discussion about uh, attendance and um, the, the, not, the amount of um, absences by students is just unbelievable. Like 20 days is nothing. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's that's four weeks out of a, out of a out of a school year where a kid is absent with no no uh, no excuse, just they're absent. They just don't show up, right. and, and I'm sure that happens right. in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a big problem in Chicago. There's a large percentage of kids that are considered truant. Uh, the other problem is there's lots of teachers who aren't showing up to work either. Um, they want more sick days too. That, I see. Right. There was a study that came out uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, showing, I think, like 30% of Chicago teachers were considered chronically absentee, meaning they missed at least 10 school days a year. 30%? Uh, through absences. 30%. Uh, compared to only about 5% in the uh, charter schools in the city. Wow. Um, yeah, so when teachers, in, and there's lots of uh, empirical evidence and research on this that shows when teachers are out for that long of a time, it has a really serious uh, effect on students um, well, test scores and their their math science reading i I know what um, it was like for me when a substitute teacher showed up well you know that was that usually meant a lot of fun for the kids in the class because nobody had to do anything um, yeah all right so um, the, but if you look at the results of what these teachers have been doing test scores mm-hmm. uh, it's 
it seem would it would seem to be pretty obvious that they should be taking a pay cut because they've failed. Kids can't read and they can't do yeah. math. Other than that, they're doing a nice job. Yeah, um, yeah. The test scores are pretty are pretty poor. The it's called the the nation's report card. It's a report that comes out every uh, couple years um, at the state level and and in some of the uh, larger uh, school districts in the country. Chicago is the third largest school district in the country, I believe. Uh, only about uh, 27 to 30 percent of the kids uh, going to Chicago public schools uh, perform to grade level in math and science at these schools. So basically, seven out of ten uh, of the students that go through uh, CPS, go through the school system, uh, don't achieve uh, proficiency levels at grade level. Uh, in those subjects, and this is the thing that I wonder about. And we're talking to Tim Benson of the uh, of, of the Heartland Institute. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll read stories about teacher strikes here in Pittsburgh or anywhere else, and then you see these test scores, and you see that seventy percent, seventy five percent of the kids are mm-hmm. are not learning anything. But I never right. see the government response being. Uh, the, the government response to the strike is always, well, you know, we love the job that you're doing. We just don't have any more money. Nobody ever says, you guys have doing, are doing a bad job. Nobody can read. Nobody can do math. What are you asking for a raise for? You should be giving money back. Why does anybody ever say that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, teachers' unions are well-funded, um, obviously, and they have a lot of uh, political uh, pull. Um you know, they, they spend a lot of money uh, electing the candidates they uh, want to sit across the table from and, uh, you know, collectively bargain with. Um, you know, it's a... And, uh, you know, it's... I mean, it, the test scores aren't all the teachers' fault, I will say that. I mean, sure, a lot of these kids are coming yeah. from situations that are, you know, hard to... And, and it's weird with uh, schools, um, not so much in, like, inner-city schools and stuff like that, but with just public schools in general... It's, they're almost like Congress. Um, people don't like Congress, and people don't like public schools. But then, when you ask them about like their congressman or their public school, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's oh, great." Or, oh yeah. yeah, that school's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just one of those things. Yeah, you know? I, but it, you know, you would think it's when it gets to be this bad. Uh, I always uh, turn to Walter Williams when it comes to stuff like this. He calls. What what's happening in city schools? Fraudulent education. They're handing out yeah. diplomas to kids, which used to mean that you passed through and you are now a certified high school graduate. And now it doesn't right. mean anything. It just means nothing. They just hand them out to everybody. And um, and I, I just at some point you would think that there would be government officials or parents pounding on somebody's door asking why their kid can't read in the sixth grade uh, beyond a second grade level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and uh, the, the people that are most in favor of uh, choice programs, of vouchers, uh, charter schools, education savings accounts, tax credit scholarships, all those sort of things, uh, those are the the uh, the people that are, those kids are stuck in these, you know, these terrible schools and are looking for to, to get their kid a way out, and um, it's just, you know, they don't have, obviously, they don't have a lot of muscle politically, um, and it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of entrenched interest. Teachers unions are, uh, you know, some of the, the, the biggest public interest groups in the country, uh, you know, concerning their membership numbers and how, how much money they spend on the political process and, uh, you know, on, I guess you can call it propaganda and whatnot. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's hard for these parents to, you know, to fight that sort of, that behemoth. Yeah, and again, it's a monopoly, and monopolies are never good right. for the customer. No, absolutely and not. So that's when we get to school choice, right? i got about a minute left, and, you know, you guys have talked about that at the Heartland Institute, too. Yeah, uh, school choice, uh, that's, you know, the, the way to go. Uh, there's copious empirical research on choice programs that they offer families, you know, improve access to high quality schools. Uh, these programs are, they deliver the education you know, less expensively. They uh, benefit public school students as well by increasing competition. Uh, that also uh, helps taxpayers out. And, uh, they've been shown to decrease segregation in schools. 
they've been shown to improve civic values and practices. Uh, you know, students at private schools and choice schools are less likely to experience you know, alcohol abuse, bullying, drug use, fighting, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, the more choice we can get, the better. You know, parents, parents need options, and uh, they shouldn't just, you know, kids shouldn't just be sent to schools based on their zip codes. And, um, you know, so. Yeah, that's, here, that, that's where we are. Hey, uh, Tim, I'm out of time. I appreciate you being here, and uh, keep up the good work there. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Tim Benson of the Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Some window replacement companies offer only one window model that might not meet your taste or budget. At Pella, we determine which window or door style will give you the features you want in three types of materials. Pella has blinds between the glass, innovative screening options, and lots more. Don't settle for a one-window model choice that really is no choice at all. Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. We're living in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. Ten years ago, the heavily touted Rivers Casino opened on Pittsburgh's North Shore. But a decade later, its original revenue projections have yet to materialize, even with expanded gambling. An analysis by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes that the value of jobs created at the Rivers Casino remains a question mark. To learn more about this topic, visit AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy thinking has been challenged since 1995. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at marleyfg.com. 1776 Freedom's Calling is hosting an evening with Dinesh D'Souza, best-selling author and documentary film producer, on Thursday, October 24th. This event's new location is the Antonelli Event Center in North Huntington, PA. 1776 Freedom's Calling is very honored to be the only committee in Pennsylvania collaborating with Dinesh D'Souza to inform the Commonwealth about the detrimental effects of socialism. Go to 1776freedomscalling.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I mentioned uh, early at the beginning of the uh, show and when I was talking to uh, our guy from um, our earlier guest, uh, I mentioned um, 
that there was another story of a transgender man, woman. It is a man thinking that he's a woman. Uh, His name is now Rachel. Uh, Rachel McKinnon keeps smashing women's records. Uh, This is in cycling, and uh, this is is in the 35 to 39 category. This uh, person named Rachel is 37. Not only set a record in the 35 to 39 category, but also won the 200-meter gold medal at the Masters Track Cycling World Championships on Sunday. Uh, she's a Cana- He, she is a Canadian, beat out an American named Don Orvik and uh, someone from Denmark. And uh, also, she, this person also won the 2018 UCI Masters Track Cycling World Championship in Los Angeles. Uh, and she, this person, McKinnon, uh, said that uh, I haven't won any Olympic medals. I haven't won any elite world championships. And uh, before the race, defended the right of uh, this McKinnon tr- tr- uh, defended the right of transgenders to compete alongside natural born women. She said, he said that uh, preventing trans women from competing is denying their human rights. And I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it. And if uh, you're listening and you have daughters, granddaughters, nieces, sisters uh, who compete as athletes and you put up with this, shame on you. These women who saw this person who claims to be a woman show up should have just put the kickstand down on the bike and walked away and said they're not competing. It's the only way to do it. And this is, this is going to keep happening. And also keep in mind, we've tried to get uh, both Connor Lamb and Mike Doyle on the show. We've just sent another email out to them today. I want them to talk about this because they are Democrats, and Democrats unanimously support the Equality Act, which allows stupidity like this to happen. And I want to hear Mike Doyle and Connor Lamb say it's okay. We'll see if we can get them on. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.